HR is representing the people at your organization that are delivering the results of whatever mission you have as an organization. There is no greater voice for the people than the HR voice. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast focused on blending research and practical advice to help today's HR, talent, and learning leaders improve business outcomes. Let's welcome your host, Ben Eubanks. We hear so much about large employers, right? Enterprise firms, these global corporations. And one of the things that surprises me when I dig into the data is that over 99% of employers in the U.S. have fewer than 1,000 employees. I'll say it again. More than 99% of the companies that exist in the U.S. have fewer than 1,000 people in them. And we don't often hear about that segment of the market, even though obviously there's a lot of them. And so today we're going to dig really deep into this seemingly silent majority with someone who serves a heck of a lot of them. Um, I'd like to welcome Tom Hammond from Paychecks to the show. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Ben. It's great to be with you today. Absolutely. So as I said, I know, and the name Paychecks is probably familiar to everybody listening, but tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, so they can understand a lot more about what, what I meant when I said you serve a lot of these people. Well, Ben, uh, again, my name is Tom Hammond. I'm the Vice President of Product and Corporate Strategy at Paychecks, and Paychecks is an HR and payroll uh, outsourcing organization, most known for payroll over the years, but we have become so much more over the last uh, several years, serving about 670,000 small to medium-sized businesses uh, with a target of 1 to 1,000 employees, so the exact target audience that you just alluded to. And what we bring is an array of products and services across the HR spectrum from uh, recruiting and applicant tracking to paperless onboarding to time and attendance, payroll uh, to retirement services and insurance-related pro- uh, products, all the way up to the granddaddy of the mall, which is our administrative services and our professional employer organization, uh, which is really a compilation of all the products and services that Paychex brings to market. Our goal is very simple. It's to take complicated HR processes and make them simple. So business owners, entrepreneurs, and HR professionals can focus on what matters most to them, which is driving and growing their business. And we're really proud of that. You very well should be. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of customers and uh, a lot of people to keep happy. But, it certainly um, is. We do our best. We do our best every I know. day. I know. I know. Like, again, it's, this, that was fun for me doing this study is you and I talked about this before the research ever started, which seems like 100 years ago now. <laughs> but uh, It was just last year. It seems like forever ago. But I actually worked for companies that were in this size when I was working in HR years ago. You know everything from 20 employees up to 600 employees. I had the role of working in HR in those, in those companies. And so I saw their kind of unique and unique, you know, spins on things and everything else. So that's why I was so pumped about it. So let me tell you, tell everybody else a little bit about the research that, that we dug into and then share some different findings and get some of your commentary on them. Cause I'd love to hear your take on some of the things we found. So Sounds great, ben. for everybody else, we did a study, this research study where we surveyed a thousand employers that had a thousand or fewer people. So the company's right in this sweet spot of one to a thousand we're talking about here, a thousand employers. And then we did 50 executive interviews to kind of 
get some qualitative information, dig into the conversations, understand what triggers them to hire HR staff, what triggers them to outsource different things, what about when they buy technology, what are they buying it for? So we want to understand some of those kinds of things. And we found some really interesting findings in that, in that research, that digging. For instance, one of the things that surprised me is there's a general sense in the market that smaller companies don't have any HR technology at all, but the study proved that to be completely wrong. By the time employers reach 800 staff, virtually all of them have something in place in terms of technology. What's also interesting is that there's a rapid spike as employers reach about 100 employees. A lot of them kind of jump in terms of adopting technology. And I'm kind of curious what you see. Again, you said you serve 670,000 companies, so you've got a lot of insight there. What do you see in your own customer base, Tom? Are there small companies leveraging this tech? And if so, why? Yeah, Ben, I can clearly say with confidence that technology, in, in my 30 years in the industry, uh, the emergence of HR technology has clearly uh, gone down market. So I would say as, as I entered this industry back in the early 90s, uh, technology was was nowhere near what it is today. The availability of technology, the affordability of technology was nowhere near what we have today in the marketplace. But today, inside of our base of clients, we see uh, an array of businesses from manufacturing to mom and pop to uh, professional services, retail, etc. One thing I can say is that no business is identical, but Technology is emergent in every business that we interface with. And I really think that that's driven by a couple of key points. First, there's an expectation of employees and, uh, and um, HR functionaries that that consumer-grade user experience, that mobile experience, is going to be available in the business world just as it is for us as consumers, that you're going to be able to go in with a simplistic user experience, have access to your data, and do things for either your employee record or for your employee, the employees that you uh, are employing uh, to make changes to data and to simplify processes that used to be very paper-based or manual. That is an absolute expectation in the market. We see uh, within our suite of products, whether it's our recruiting application, which could be as simple as connecting a business with the leading job boards and giving them the ability to look for candidates and then seamlessly bring them into our flex technology through an onboarding process that's completely digital to our time and attendance applications, our benefits technology, even our retirement services offerings for establishing uh, access to a retirement plan maintaining the funds that are uh, available, the fund options that you can pick as an employee, and then your deferral percentages. The expectation is that you're going to have a suite of products driven by technology with a consumer-grade user experience that will provide efficiency uh, for the employee and effectiveness for the organization so that, again, so that they can focus on what matters to them running their business. Clearly, this continues to move down market. Uh, and as I said, no two businesses are alike, but their desire and expectation for efficiency and effectiveness is shared across them, no matter whether they have one or several hundred or thousand employees. Hmm. One of the other things that occurred to me as you were sharing that is one of the conversations that we had during our interview process was talk to the head of HR for a company, a biotech firm. They have 
they were just about to break 20 employees and she was so excited for their 20th person to be starting that week. I, I just remember that vividly in my head. And she said, you know, hey, I'm the dedicated HR manager. We already have HR technology in place. We've, we've got, you know, recruiting tools, got learning tools, got these things in place already. And we're already thinking about our second HR hire at this certain trigger point, this certain milestone. And one of the things that occurred to me as you were sharing that a minute ago is, do you think that today's HR leaders are more strategic? Because I know we've talked about that for a long time, wanting to be more aligned with the business and everything else. And I wonder if that might be why some of these firms at the smaller end are starting to get more more bold about adopting technology. I, I, I think so, 100%. Ben. And I don't want to shortchange the fact that HR leaders in the past or folks that have 30 or 40 years of experience weren't strategic. I think what's happened is that uh, when I think of HR and what's happening in HR, it has become such a complicated array of activities that are now underneath the HR umbrella. Now, I'll just think about Paychex as an organization, uh, as an employee of Paychex and my partner that leads HR here for Paychex. She's responsible for so much from ensuring that we remain compliant as an organization. And that's clearly been something that HR professionals have had under their umbrella for years, but it's become so much more. That talent management, and it's not about just getting candidates, it's getting the right candidates in here. And then it becomes, how do I make sure that their engagement starts through the talent management process? And then how do I keep them engaged so that everyone's rowing the boat in the same direction? That's all under the the direction of the HR professionals that, that we're talking to right now. HR has clearly a strategic function. I think that it has emerged as a stronger function because I think the technology has allowed HR professionals to get data. And those HR professionals have turned that data into insights that are helping organizations thrive. And where in the past, that may have been more of an, uh, an accounting function with dollars and cents. HR is now coming to the table with, hey, what does turnover look like in particular geographies? What's the cost of that open turnover? How does my competitive benefits package compare to others in similar industries or in similar geographies? Is that having an impact on engagement or business results? There's so much power in the technology and the data that's available today in a unified HCM platform and having a really skilled HR professional at the top of that uh, device actually gleaning all of the insights from the data that's available is really to me what is allowing the HR professionals to actually showcase the strategic value that I think they've always had. We're just giving them more tools to make that a reality. I love that. I love it. So one of the things you said there, the one of the last thing you said was a unified system. So I want to I want to pick on that one a little bit because that was one of the things that I was really interested to see in the study. And everybody that listens to the show knows me. I'm a research nut, but I just want to uh -huh. know things. I just really want to know. I don't sure. mind if I'm proven wrong by something as long as I just understand it better than I did when I started. So one of the things we we looked at in this study was sweet, like single system where you're getting all of your HR technologies through one thing or best of read, where you have a, a couple different pieces kind of cobbled together to build your HR tech stack. And in the data, we saw some interesting spikes. There was not a definite winner in the, in the data, one way or the other, because it changed over time. As a company, you know, adopt the technology, they would start growing and have to add in other things to kind of keep up with that growth, to keep up with the new demands and challenges. And then they would kind of consolidate and buy a system 
looked like and the data, what we can tell by a system where they would get it all back under one umbrella. But as soon as they yeah. did that, they start growing again, right? And they start having to add on exactly. other pieces of it. And so that was a that was interesting to me to see in there. And I'd just love to hear from you a little bit. I know that Paychex offers all of the things under the umbrella. So talk about some of the value that your customers see from having those things under a single system. And why does that appeal to employers so much? I, I, I'll give you a, a, you go ahead and answer that one and I'll throw something else to you if you don't answer okay. it. Okay, sounds great. That all sounds right. great, Ben. I'm going to answer this question in a, a bit of a roundabout fashion because I see value in a fully integrated suite of solutions and a fully integrated suite of solutions that also provides an open API capability so that you can bring best of breed in if you so choose. And to be candid with you, the Paychex strategy is to offer both of those in the marketplace because we're serving a very diverse mix of clients from a handful of employees up to several thousand. And along the way, a number of things can happen. So as you alluded to, you could come out of the gate with us with a few hundred employees and feel like I'm going to leverage your, your talent management solutions. I'm going to leverage payroll. I'm going to leverage uh, your health and benefits insurance agency, but I want to keep my own uh, time and attendance uh, because I'm very comfortable with that. And I don't want to undertake the process of replacing hardware or a extensive process that we just spent, you, you name it. X number of days, weeks, or months to really get clean. Okay, perfect. I don't want to walk away from a business that I think I can provide incredible value to by saying you have to take all of our stuff or we're not going to play with you. So we're an open shop and I see value in uh, both of these because of this particular reason. There are incredible uh, benefits to having a single unified platform. You starts with things like having a, a single sign-on, to having a single source of data at the employee level, to having a, uh, a consumer-grade user experience that looks exactly the same. From our perspective at Paychex, everything is a mobile-first design, which makes us somewhat unique in the industry in that you can go to the App Store and download our app, and then you can come directly to Paychex.com and access our application. You'll see the same screens, just delivered on a different medium have access to the same reports. There's real power there. And I wanna give you a real example of, of how that power translates into value for an HR professional. We recently redid our user experience for both health and benefits and retirement. And it's completely unified, it's now refreshed. It really is a, a clean, sharp user experience. When we did so, it became very easy for employees to enroll in their company's 401k plan directly from our mobile application. And we saw a considerable spike in participants across our customer base once we introduced our new technology. What does that mean As from an HR professional? That means that the value of that benefit is being leveraged by the employees of our customers. And that is creating stickiness for them in a very tight labor market. So that's a real example to me of why you'd want everything under a single umbrella. Now, I can flip that coin, uh, Ben, and say having access to a best-of-breed application that may have uh, some advanced features that we don't have embedded in ours also provides value. What you lose is the fact that now you're talking with a couple of vendors instead of just one. You don't have a single service organization that might be able to get to the bottom of your 
uh, problem immediately for you. You may not have a unified chatbot capability that uncovers all of the or encompasses all of the products and services that you're using. Uh, you may be on separate maintenance schedules, so new enhancements coming at multiple times. So there's pros and cons of both. We kind of sit in the camp that says you have to be open at 2020. You need to be able to integrate with best of breed because as an HR professional, some are not going to want to replace every single element of their HR technology at a single point in time. So for those that do, we're going to do a really effective job at it and set up the efficiencies that you need to drive your effectiveness. And for those that want to integrate with and keep elements of their existing suite, we'll do that as well. So um, I don't want to sound wishy-washy on that. I think it really is the best of breed is, is be able to work with a partner who actually will provide you with the capability to do what you think you need in order to drive your efficiency and effectiveness. Got it. Got it. One of the things that you mentioned in there was was data, right? Having that that single source of truth about what's happening in the business. Yeah. And that's one of the conversations I'm having more and more with employers. And I don't know, again, it, it reinforces that idea I had a little bit ago that maybe this maybe not to say that they weren't strategic in the past, but that now their employer, their their business partners in the organization are demanding more, more evidence, more data, more, more metrics to support their decisions, support the direction of where the business should go. Mm -hmm. And I always, I always tell HR leaders, you know, accounting is sitting over there right now, examining financial data, digging for insights, looking for trends. We should be doing the same thing with people data. We should be looking right. at it with the same level of rigor. We shouldn't expect to just push a button, run a single report and just hand that to the CEO and walk away thinking our job is done. It That's has right. to be more, more in depth, more demanding, more supportive than that. I agree. I agree, Ben. And, and, and you can come up with so many just very simplistic examples. Like we have a very rich time and attendance solution and it has advanced analytics in it that really provide insights for functional leaders on where, when you're having overtime expense in particular areas of your business based on your time data that's being captured on a minute by minute basis. And to, to think about the fact that, hey, look, there's some comparative analytics that is telling an HR functionary or a business line manager, look at the overtime expense that you have. You have now reached the place where you would be more advantageous to hire a new employee than to continue to push your staff at the rates that you're pushing them. Now, again, it's only as good as the long-term plan that that function has. So if this is a, a short-term set of overtime to, to meet a critical demand, then that's just a piece of data. But if it's a trend that's continuing, think about the impact if you don't do anything with that trend. You can quickly burn your staff out with excess overtime versus um, having a much more cost-effective structured dialogue. And to be able to pull the data right out of your, your HR system and have a discussion that you know is eventually going to make its way into the, the CEO in some cases or the finance organization to gather their support for a new headcount, uh, really, really key. So that's a great example from me of just leveraging data. But uh, to me, it can't be just data. Data needs to turn into insights. And that's where the power of uh, human and technology come together to really drive a business result. Yes, absolutely. You got to tell the story with the data. That's right. Otherwise, it's, it's just a bunch of numbers. That's right. All right.
So you you alluded to this piece of it, the human side of it. And I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about that piece of it because that was one of the things we also looked at in this study is not just when companies adopt HR technology, but also when they start to hire HR staff and how many staff they hire and things like that. And the, if you do a quick Google search, you'll see all, all kinds of numbers. But a couple of the things that I kept running across both in conversations exploratory before we started as well as just some some searching here and there some validation for this was when someone when a company hits 50 employees they need to hire someone in hr and mm -hmm. the average or the the normal ratio that we often see thrown around is like one hr person to 100 employees and so i was curious if those things were going to be backed up by the research proven out or if they were going to be something very different and what he actually found is that about 60% of firms with 19 or fewer employees, so majority of companies that have less than 20 people in them already have an HR person on staff working for them. And that surprised me to see them starting even that, that early. But the even more interesting thing I believe that we found, again, data nut, is we looked at the data through the lens of a high performer. So a company that had better revenue and better retention and better employee engagement than their peers the companies that were high performing had even higher numbers of HR professionals on staff than their lower performing peers. And I, this is not, there's not a right or wrong answer here, but I'd love for you to take a little, a guess, uh, an educated guess, hypothesis, whatever you, what have you about why you think that is, why would a company that is higher performing have more HR staff on hand? Well, I think to me, it boils right down to when I think of HR, HR is, representing the people, the people at your organization that are delivering the results of whatever mission you have as an, as an organization. And there are, there is no greater voice for the people than the HR voice that sits at the table. Again, I'll take it back to, to paychecks. We have a wonderful leader of HR here at paychecks. Her name is Lori Zuka uh, and her team are all aligned around what does it mean to the employee? They're constantly looking through every obstacle, compliance, every task or activity that we're asking the staff at Paychex to complete through the lens of an employee, but through the lens of every employee so that their messages are clear, they're consistent, so that the mission, the, the vision, the values, the guiding behaviors of the organization are clear uh, and that they're documented in a way that there's never any question about what are we doing and why are we doing it. So to me, I'm not surprised one drop that the most high performing organizations are the ones that have that higher HR to employee ratio. Uh, I think that's a really uh, powerful statistic. I think it, it brings true to me in, in many different forms. And what's interesting to me is we can see that across uh, the paychecks uh, customer base as well. When you look at, uh, at businesses that are are growing and how they're actually growing and the staff makeups, I mean, we have insights into the types of personnel that we're paying. Uh, we're paying 11 to 12 million people per year. We pay one in 12 private sector employees in the United States. So we've got access to a lot of data that we turn into insights. And I think what you just described, Ben, is completely backed up by uh, the customers that we are um, serving on an ongoing basis. Interesting. I, the quotable quote for the day, there's no greater voice of the people than HR. That's right. I love that. I love that. Oh, goodness. Um, and I would agree for sure that, uh, goodness, 
I'm fumbling a little bit because there's a there's such an emotional story that I heard the other day from a friend that um, I actually posted about on LinkedIn because the story hit me so hard. You said there's there's no greater voice for the people than HR. And the other day, I've there a there a friend had been let go without warning, retired, quote unquote, retired, even though he had been discouraged from taking his uh, his early retirement just six months before. And then one day he walked in and HR's there saying, okay, you know, thank you and, and goodbye. And they walked him out of the building like he had been fired for stealing or something else, you know, offensive. Mm-hmm. And the that I posted that story a week ago. It's been seen 20,000 times already. Wow. And all the people on there said, are saying the same things you're saying today. HR is there to advocate for the people. HR is there in the right in the right case, you know, to to be that advocate for the people and to be the bridge between what they need and what the business needs to get done. Trying right. to help the business be more humane, but at the same time, helping to encourage and get the best out of the people because they know those resources, that talent better than anyone else. That's right. And so that's the that, that stuck with me so hard when you said that there's no greater voice, no greater advocate than HR for the people. I think that's something that all of us need to need to remember that when as we're going about our day. Yeah. And I think if, if we asked 10 HR professionals, I think that's probably in in its own way would roll off the tongue of every one of those 10 for 10 or 100 for 100, no matter how many we asked. Uh, I, I think about the uniqueness of paychecks. We are an organization that's in HR outsourcing, and I have my own HR business partner who helps me day in and day out, look at my own staff uh, for product and corporate strategy and align uh, my mission, my goals, my strategies, my guiding behaviors uh, to ensure that what we're representing is coming through in the software and the products that we produce uh, to truly be looking at everything that we do through the lens of both our clients and the employees that we serve. So uh, I think that's dead on, Ben, dead on. Excellent. All right. I got one more question for you. One of the things that I thought, not everyone, but almost every study I run, there's a question in there that people just don't quite get. They don't quite understand. And one of the questions that we ran across in this study that there was a little bit of of a knowledge gap there, and I'm hoping you can fill it for us. In the study, we found a little bit of a gap between people that understood what a PEO is and how it works, especially at the lower end of the market, right? They weren't sure, you know, what a PEO actually does. They didn't know if they had one or not. And if you've got one, you'll know, you would know that. (laughs) Um, So give us a little bit of insight for the people listening that aren't sure, or they've heard PEO, but they're not sure what it is. Tell us a little about what a PEO is and what it does, please. Okay. So a PEO stands for a professional employer organization. And a PEO essentially provides the opportunity for businesses to come together and pool, uh, basically allow them to have access to a pooled set of insurance offerings and advanced benefit offerings, et cetera. In a PEO, in its most technical form, you have a a co-employment relationship. So Paychex is, uh, is a PEO. We offer a PEO offering, the Paychex PEO. And as such, we would put in uh, we would sign up a series of businesses who want to come in. They would come on under a single federal ID that would be essentially called the Paychex PEO federal ID uh, with the IRS. And within that professional employer organization, uh, Paychex acts as a co-employer and provides advanced benefits, uh, HR guidance, uh, access to tools and technology, We would pay the federal and state and local taxes on behalf of that 
child business, that company, the business owner retains all of the responsibilities for managing the the day-to-day activities of their team, directing them on the mission and vision and goals. But the PEO kind of comes over as an overarching umbrella, uh, providing opportunities for a series of savings, savings by having a series of pooled businesses. So when you pool hundreds of thousands of businesses together, you can actually negotiate stronger deals with insurance carriers in some um, aspects. You can, when you have a single ID, you can manage state unemployment at a more appropriate level where there's opportunities for folks who are paying at a higher rate to potentially get a lower rate and be blended with many companies together. Workers' compensation is another opportunity inside of that PEO. And then what is unique about paychecks in our PEO is that we offer a human resource generalist, an HRG. Uh, These are our SHRM certified HR professionals of which we have about 600 of them on staff that have an average of about seven years of experience. And they're forming a one-to-one relationship either with the existing HR staff at the companies that we serve within our PEO, or we serve as the HR staff on behalf of some smaller firms. And what that provides is an HR professional who helps the business leader or that HR team augment that activities and functions. We really are driving that PEO to provide a people strategy for the business. So as a as for anyone that's listening that is thinking about joining a PEO, you want to you want to get under a PEO if you want to really have a partner who's going to help you with creating a people strategy. Well, you create that execution strategy for your business and let the PEO help you be focused on, do I have the right talent? Do I have the right engagement? Am I offering the right compensation plans and benefit opportunities? And the richness that comes with a Paychecks PEO and a strong piece of technology serviced by a a trained HR professional to either augment your staff or to actually become your HR staff, really powerful uh, offering in the marketplace. It is growing exponentially. It's a very growing industry. Uh, it's got pockets across the United States where it's mo- where there's more awareness of it. Uh, but in the end, Ben, it is a really powerful value proposition. It's been around for a long, long time. Paychex has been operating a PEO for 21 years. Uh, we serve between our PEO and our administrative services offering a million and a half worksite employees. So it's a really powerful uh, product offering. Uh, that I think will continue to take off, especially in a tight labor market when businesses are looking for every opportunity to differentiate themselves from their neighbors uh, in a very tight labor market. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I, I wanted to, I could have explained it much less eloquently than that. And so I appreciate well, thank you, you sharing that because that's what I was looking You're for. You're very welcome. Exactly. You're very welcome. So goodness. This has been an insightful conversation. Um, it is clear that you not only know your stuff, but you're really passionate about serving employers and serving them well. And so I really appreciate you joining I appreciate that, ben. the conversation today. If someone wants to know more about Paychecks, what's the best way to connect and learn more? Well, you can always come and visit us at paychecks.com uh, for more information about the company or the products that we offer or the solutions that we have. Um, I'll open it up for your audience, Ben. You can always feel free to email me at thammond at paychecks.com. That's T-H-A-M-M-O-N-D at 
Paychex, P-A-Y-C-H-E-X.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at T Hammond HR. Awesome. That is wonderful. I'll make sure and get the links in the show notes so everybody can, can reach out, can connect, can That'd learn great. more Thanks, about what, what's going on there. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, Tom. Ben, it's always a pleasure to uh, to spend some time with you and to share the things that are happening in the industry. I also want to say thank you. You did a really outstanding job on this uh, research activity for us. It was very insightful. I had a very specific goal. I wanted to get insights into where we were seeing HR professionals come in and what were they thinking about and where are they in the technology adoption curve. Did a really fantastic job on that. It was a great opportunity to share the results with your listeners today. So thanks for that opportunity as well. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, sir, for the kind words. To everyone else, this has been another episode of We're Only Human. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to We're Only Human. Please take a moment to share this episode with another HR leader who might see it as a valuable resource in their daily work. For more information about the podcast and to see all our show archives, please visit upstarthr.com.